0: Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in. Today is Friday, February 5th. It's Meet My Friend Friday, and I'm so glad you guys have joined me. Today joining me is my friend Ginger Hubbard. She's been on the show today. She is a parenting uh, guru, and I love her for it. She's going to encourage the socks right off of you. We're going to be talking about six mistakes that in discipline that parents can make. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So lots going on today. A couple of things I wanted to make you guys aware of. We are we are just launching a brand new study at MomStrong International. So we finished our study in Revelation. A lot of you are asking about that. If you're interested in downloading that study, uh, which also has a kids component to it, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com and just click on the store. The, the four month study is now in the store. So you can check that out. But we launched this Monday, an awesome brand new study in the book of Titus called Walk This this way, how to live a rapture-ready life. And if ever there was a time for us to be looking up now's the time. So we spent the last four months talking about why I believe we are coming to the end of the church age. And from here on forward, we're going to be focusing on what it means to walk with the Lord in a way that says, Lord, I'm ready for you to return. The Bible says he wants us to, Jesus is going to be returning for a bride that is chaste. In other words, uh, we are to be looking for him, living expectantly for him, walking the way that he wants us to walk. And he's not shy about what that looks like. So it's going to be an encouraging study. I think you guys are going to love it. We've also, added a brand new component to the study and that are that would be talking points for your teenagers and so as you go through the study which we hope you're also doing with your kids now we're adding to the component for children Uh, talking points for teens, which are very thoughtful and thought-provoking. So I think you guys are going to love it. Check it out at momstronginternational.com. All right, you guys, I am so excited today to have my friend Ginger Hubbard back on the show with me today. Uh, Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, which is how I first heard about her. Uh, Wise words for moms, and I can't believe you just said that. She's a popular speaker. I see her all the time at homeschool conventions, and thanks to the Rona. We haven't seen each other in almost a year. So Ginger Hubbard, my friend, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you, Heidi. It's so good to be back on
0: with you. So you are, how's how's the Rona treating you? I really want to know. And inquiring minds really want to know. (laughs) Well, I'm
1: about tired of it, just like you are. (laughs) Ready for the whole thing to be over and for things to get back to normal.
0: Yeah, we're ready for that. And uh, I I keep hearing that things are not going to get back to normal. But what's crazy about that is we still have to live our normal lives. So in the middle of all this wackadoo weirdo stuff, we still have to parent our kids, maintain our marriages, make dinner every single night. And I think people are struggling kind of under the weight of all of it right now.
1: Yep, I think they are too. It's just a hard time, difficult time. Everybody's confused. There's so many people that are fearful. And but we just have to press forward and let people know that God is in control and that we don't have anything to fear because he has us.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think as it relates to parenting, you know, certainly I do mailbox Monday here every single week and a lot of people writing in, you know, more often than not, I'm hearing things like I'm frustrated. Uh, My kids aren't listening to me right now because they just don't have the energy. It's not, you know, it's not that their heart isn't in the right place or that they don't want to do the right thing. It's that they've just been so beaten down, by the culture and by what's happened, the lockdowns, all these things, we're kind of in a, in a place right now of sort of a weariness, a sort of heavy heartedness. And so uh, I think that affects parenting. Have you been hearing kind of the same thing from people that follow you?
1: I have. And, you know, and so many people now are home with their kids, even people that their kids were in school, they've chosen to homeschool. And so now that they're with their kids so much, they're frustrated and they're seeing, uh, you know, some of the things that they need to be working on with their children. And so that's I think that's one positive thing that has come from that is that a lot of people or moms are getting to spend a lot more time with their kids. And that means that they get to invest a lot more uh, wisdom, uh, putting wisdom into the hearts of their children. So that's one good thing that has come from
0: the RONA. Yeah, that's right. If there's a silver lining. I was thinking the other day that the silver lining for me is just watching the left uh, cannibalize each other. (laughs) Because I'm thinking they actually can't apologize enough. You can't be woke enough. You can't say you're sorry enough. Uh, so I think this is going to be interesting to watch over the coming years. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, my thing here at the podcast has been get off the bench, get onto the battlefield, whether it's education, parenting, your marriage, whatever it is, stop sitting this thing out like you're a, you know, like you're a spectator was mm-hmm. really you're not. You're on the field and that's absolutely the case uh, for parenting. We've watched a lot of parents. uh, You and I have had this conversation many times in uh, the conference circuit, parents who are just disengaged. We're so used to dropping our kids off at school to have them educated. We drop them off at church so so the pastor can tell them how to live a good life. And then we just sort of become spectators in the lives of our kids, but you pointed out a long time ago that that's actually very damaging to the parent child relationship, and I love that you still keep speaking to this yeah that's that's
1: my heart is to really encourage parents to be engaged with their children and not leave parenting up to um, the teachers if they're going to school and uh, the Sunday school teachers and the pastors you know God has called us to train our children in the ways of the Lord, and so the way that we do that is to Uh, really, you know, avoid some of the the faulty child training methods, the discipline mistakes that parents make, which are usually based on how the world tells us to parent. And we know Mm -hmm. that we can't depend on anything that the world is telling us right Uh, now. We need to be looking to the infallible word of God to train our children. And so that's what I'm all about, Heidi. You know, that is to really encourage the uh, parents just to reach past outward behavior and really pull out the issues of the heart and point their children to the transformational power of Christ.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. When you talk to parents, and I know you do this all the time because you're also speaking for women's conferences and parenting uh, events and things like that. What have you discovered to be the primary problem with the way that the world, because you just referenced that, the way that the world tells us to train our children? Yeah, well, there, there's so many faulty child
1: training methods out there, and I think what I like yelling thinking, yelling doesn't work. <laughs> what? Oh, there's plenty wait, wait, of weeks I should write that yelling. down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's just there's so many like that out there, and you know what I've really discovered to be the common denominator in all of them is an emphasis on behavioral change instead of heart change. Mm. But we need to remember that our goal is not just to get our children to outwardly comply, but to reach their hearts with the gospel of Christ. And so when we adopt these popular but deceptive parenting philosophies and methods that the world offers where the goal really is just for behavior modification, we Mm -hmm. miss the issues of the heart and the whole purpose of biblical discipline. So, um, you know, we need to learn how to recognize and resist that temptation to parent as the world tells us to parent. And again, to look to the word of God, because it's the word of God that has provided us with everything that we need for life and godliness. Second Peter 1, 3, 3, 5 says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. And Heidi, you and I were talking right before the podcast here. Everything the world offers that's contrary to what the Word of God tells us is corrupt, including Mm -hmm. the way the world tells us to parent.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And when you write about this, uh, in your books, you've referred to six discipline mistakes. And so we're going to start talking about those. Let's start with the number one discipline mistake that parents make. Okay, I would say
1: that is bribing. And I know you said yelling, and I would say that's definitely (laughs) there, but let's talk about bribing. I think that's one of the most common discipline mistakes that parents make, and and it fails to reach the heart. And so, and I think it's also probably uh, maybe one of the easiest traps to fall into, uh, because it's so tempting, you know, when our kids are, are doing something wrong for us to say something like, honey, if you obey mom in the store today, I'll give you some candy.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's true. true. Or if you do this, you know, or mama wants to we're gonna we need to be so and so place on time today. And if you'll do this, then I'll do that. And you're saying, yeah, cut it out, stop doing exactly. that. Exactly. That is bribing. And so yeah, I observed this mom
1: in Walmart telling her three-year-old to come to her, and the child ignored her mom's instructions and took off running in the other direction. And in desperation, this mom pulls her mask down and yells down the aisle, Come to mommy and I'll give you a sucker. And of course, the child immediately goes from hearing impaired to exceptional hearing (laughs) and comes quickly to mom's side. But the thing is, this is not training the child in obedience. This is rewarding the child for stubbornness. Mm. Giving them a reward in order to get them to obey, that encourages them in selfishness because their motive for obeying is, yeah, I'll obey for what I can get out of it. And that's Mm. a selfish reason. Children should be taught to obey because it's right and because it pleases God not to get a
0: reward. Wow. So what's the opposite? What do we do? So instead of saying, you know, come over here and I'll give you a sucker, what Mm -hmm. do we do?
1: Well, again, we want to, my thing that I'm always trying to encourage parents to do is to reach past that outward behavior and pull out what is going on in the heart. So in that case, mom might uh, catch up with a three-year-old that has took off running in the other direction and <laughs> and and don't just half-heartedly instruct. Take time to do it right. You know, maybe even kneel down, make eye-to-eye contact and say, um, you know, sweetheart, I told you to come to me now and ask a heart-probing question, something like very simple for a three-year-old. Did you obey or did you disobey? And just them acknowledging that they disobeyed, that helps them to take ownership for the sin that's in their heart, which is ultimately going to help them recognize their need for Christ. And I know there's moms out there listening that's probably saying, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask my three-year-old that. And they're going to say, yes, mommy, I disobeyed. Would you please forgive me? Because I know that's a sin against God. Well, no, they're probably not going to say that. And some of them may not answer at all. And so in those instances, I would encourage the mom not to get in a power struggle. Just go ahead and answer for the child to say something simple like, well, sweetie, I told you to come to me and you didn't. And that is disobeying. God's word says that children are to obey their parents. And so when I call you, you need to come to me. Um, And, you know, one thing that I taught my kids at a very young age, and I know you and I've talked about this before, but when my kids were little, I wanted them to understand what biblical obedience is. And so when they were very young, I could hold up three fingers and say, how does God want you to obey? And they would say all the way, right away, and with a happy heart. And that pretty much covers complete obedience. And you can teach a really young child that.
0: Mm, that's right. And then when, I, when I'm when i thinking about myself, because I don't have little ones anymore who, you know, who are pitching a fit in the store or uh, anything like that, but older ones pitch a fit in a different way, right?
1: <laughs> and so. <laughs> yep.
0: when you're counseling a mom, so she's got, she's she just did the thing. Now she's gotten down on her, you know, at eye level with her kids. I have done this many, many times. Uh, there was one point I remember very, very, uh, I remember distinctly because I was so embarrassed that day that my child was just acting completely out of control in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I took almost a full coat, uh, cart of groceries mm-hmm. up to the manager. I said, I am very sorry. I cannot finish my shopping today. I need to take my child home. Yep. And my child looked at me like, Oh boy. Yep. <laughs> she, <laughs> she means say, what but, she says even when we're in public. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So can you give a practical example so the mom's just did what you said and now let's say d- does she put the child back in the cart? Does she does is there a, a discipline that follows up with that? Does she leave? Does she keep I mean what are some options that she has at that point?
1: Well, hopefully the child would comply, but if they don't, you know, I I had the exact same as you talked about the scenario with your child. I had the exact same thing where my child did not obey. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, the whole back arching, oh, yeah. screaming, <laughs> red faced whole thing. <laughs> um, and I did the exact same thing, Heidi, it was in the grocery store. And I did the exact same thing. I went to I took my buggy up there. And thankfully, we only lived like five minutes from home. And I said, um, I'm going to leave this buggy here. And if you'll just leave it right here, I'll be back in, you know, probably maybe 20 to 30 minutes. And I don't remember if I had milk or eggs. You know, maybe they put that back. I don't know. But they held my Mm -hmm. buggy. And so we went home and we dealt with that. And there was there was consequences for that. And I tell you, when we administer consequences, when our word is our word and our yes means yes and our no means no. um, At home, sometimes kids will obey more. But as soon as they get out in public, they're going to test the waters. They're going to put that toe across the line and so they need to understand that they need to obey no matter where they are what the situation is or the circumstances and we, they need to know that we mean business and let me tell you something do you know how many times i did that at the grocery store once yep one time me too
0: mm-hmm. because yep. they
1: knew that this is going to be a big deal and i'm not going to get away with disobeying just because i'm out in public yeah. so and you know and something else that i really encourage at home is to Um, is to role play. You know, if your child really struggles with disobeying or uh, just conflict resolution with other siblings, tattling, interrupting, whatever they struggle with, I encourage parents to role play and set up scenarios during times of non-conflict and talk about how to respond the right way. Because one way, one thing that we really mess up sometimes as parents is we tell our children what not to do and we administer a consequence for it. But then we don't take it a step further and tell them what to do.
0: Mm.
1: And that is so vital in teaching our children. Well, that's what training our children in wisdom is, training them in righteousness. That's what the Bible means when it calls parents to train them in righteousness. It's never enough to tell them what not to do. We always want to take it a step further and tell them what to do. That's what the uh, is, is in Ephesians. It says that we're to put off our old self and put on our new self. And so when we only administer consequences are an important part of training children, but it's not the most important part. The most important part is training them in wisdom, how to replace foolishness with wisdom. And so walk them through, take it a step further and tell them what they should have done instead. And then, um, you know, I really think that that moms, when they spend a little time role playing in times of non-conflict, that's preparing them and training them in wisdom before they act foolishly and it and then they're going to think about those times when they're in those situations
0: man so good so so don't bribe your kids that's the first one what's the second one
1: Another one is threatening. Now, this one usually comes... I
0: hear the collective sigh from around the world right now. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're turning it off now.
1: (laughs) Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You'll be encouraged. Um, This one usually comes after we've repeated our instructions several times to no avail. And so we pull out the big guns with something like, if you don't start sharing your toys right now, I'm going to send them all off to kids who will share. (laughs) But you know, but this teaches them that mom doesn't mean what she says. You know, how many of our parents, in an attempt to get us to appreciate our toys, talked about the kids on the other side of the world who don't have Yay. any toys? But how yeah. many of our parents actually followed through with that threat, gathered up, boxed up all of our toys and shipped them off to ten bucks too? Probably yep. not too many. We need to avoid saying things that we don't mean because this is how we get ourselves in a pickle. If we tell our kids there's going to be a consequence, then there needs to be a consequence because if there's not, we're going to cause our children to question our word. And if we cry wolf too many times, we'll eventually lose our effectiveness because our kids are going to lose respect for our authority. Our children need to have confidence that our word is our word. And when they have that confidence, The beauty of it is it actually brings about a sense of security in their lives. And, you know, Heidi, I mean, let me just say this, because I know some people are, well, she's just got it all together. She just did everything just right with her kids were growing up. (laughs) And I just want to say, don't believe that for one second. And, you know, I studied all the great parenting books when my kids were growing up. And I even wrote a couple of parenting books. So I totally knew better. But I still fell into some of these traps sometimes. I remember one time in particular when I caught myself falling into the trap of threatening my kids and I knew better. I'd been telling them all day to clean their rooms and they were, they were just procrastinating. They were not obeying. They were doing what kids do. And so what did I do? I pulled out the big guns. I threw (laughs) out a threat. I said, if you guys don't hurry up and get these rooms cleaned, you are not spending the night with Nana and Papa tonight, Heidi. I knew good and well. I wasn't about to forfeit my free night alone. with no. Saying, you
0: just punish yourself then.
1: <laughs> That's right. And I, and I did not follow through with that threat. So shame on me because I wanted my night. Oh, Matthew 537 says, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, we are to say what we mean and mean what we say or we can exasperate our kids. And really, if you think about it, it's really unfair because if they can't take us at our word, then they don't know when to take us seriously. Proverbs 15, 28 says that we're to weigh our answers. That means that we need to think before we speak. We need to try not to issue a warning or a command unless we're willing to follow through and try not to say yes or no to something unless we're sure that that's our answer. It's okay for us to take a few minutes to for us to go have time out and think, yeah, right. what does our answer need to be? And then come back and instruct. So, oh, yeah. Yes. If
0: you're going to make a threat, you better be prepared to follow through on it. I mean, that's that's really the bottom line. If you say, hey, if you do that one more time, I'm going to throw your, if you guys are going to fight over that stuffed animal, I'm going to throw it out the window. Yep. We'll no, throw it out the window if they You find better it. be prepared to throw it out the window. <laughs> you better be prepared. I, one of the the stories our kids love to tell, this is like one of the great stories of Thanksgiving dinner, are all of the toys that their father has thrown out of our car window on various trips around the country. <laughs> you know, from, you know, if they hear him say, if one more kid, if I have to hear about that stuffed dog for one more moment, I'm going to throw it out the window. And then they, you know, then there's the, the family dummy that decides, Ooh, I'm going to test it. And man, <laughs> their daddy is not someone they want to mess around with because he'll be like, pass it up. We were just talking about this the other night. My oldest daughter, uh, who's now almost 30 years old, she was like, I just want everyone to know that that sacrificial dog was my dog. That stuffed dog was my dog. And we still (laughs) laugh about it. But you know what? They didn't do it again. That's uh, right. There was one of our children that uh was having it was it was it's a long story but um just a a vanity sort of attitude thing. And I remember telling her at one point, you know, cuz what my kids do when they get attitude, especially if they're, you know, they're starting to get to that 13 14, you know, she kind of flip her hair at me and I said if you continue to do that with me, I'm going to I'm going to give you bangs. <laughs> Dude, we stopped at a gas station and I gave her bangs right there in the middle of a gas station and we still talk about it. And I think it's that if you're going to, if you're going to make a threat, follow through. Follow on through. So That's be right. sure that in your heart of hearts, you're like, okay, I'm going to do that thing and then Mm -hmm. uh, follow through with it. I hope you guys are enjoying this conversation with my friend, Ginger Hubbard. Uh, One of the things I love about Ginger is she doesn't pull any punches. And I know about you guys, but as we're walking through that list of six things, I am finding that I have done every single one of them. And so if that's you, we don't want you to be discouraged. We want you to be encouraged. I also wanna encourage you to pick up Ginger's books. You guys are gonna be encouraged. She writes very similarly to how she speaks. And so she's very easy to read, very easy to listen to. To And so uh, you guys can join me by supporting her by buying her books. I will link back to them in the show notes today so that you know what they are. Also want to let you guys know that she has a brand new podcast that is just starting and it is called Parenting with Gender Hubbard. You guys are going to want to subscribe to this podcast. I promise you, you're going to be encouraged. As always, we appreciate you guys for supporting this ministry and supporting the podcast and just loving on us so well. Thank you to everyone who continues to give and support this ministry financially. And also for those of you who are leaving reviews for the podcast over at iTunes and wherever this show is aired, we passed, you guys, this amazing milestone. We passed 5 million downloads on the brand new service that we are using just recently. And so that is a tremendous amount of people that's listening to this podcast and we are very, very thankful for your uh, support and for listening. Uh, We love you guys. I hope you have a great weekend and I will air part two of my interview with my friend Ginger on Monday. In the meantime, you guys, love your people well. Love your families well this weekend. Have a great weekend and I'll see you back here on Monday at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.